Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Biomass. We're on episode 124. Uh, we got the regular group here with us and a good lineup of topics. So um, I will apologize, as you probably have realized, despite a late start because I foolishly updated my Windows, which took an hour. Uh, it also blew away my entire audio setup. So I'm able to record, but I cannot stream. So you'll have to pick this up, obviously, on uh, iTunes or on the website. Um, uh, tomorrow or whenever Zell gets this posted. So, uh, But without much further ado, let's move into introductions, uh, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I'm Soraya Zell. Um, I am a co-host here on the show. Um, I play a lot of Overwatch, um, Little Black Desert, some Here's the Storm, other things I find on Steam. You know, all on PC. PC Master Race. Yes, PC Master Race. Ooh. Ah. All right, Bait, you're up, man. Hey, I'm Bait. Um, I play games. You're killing me, man. All right, Livy, give us an introduction <laughs> and save this train wreck. I'm Livy. I play games too. Uh, I am a habitual lurker here on the podcast, but I am happy to be here yet again. All right, and I'm Pokey Draven. I make false promises about upping our production quality and then completely blow it on the next podcast. So <laughs> I can apologize for the lack of stream, but uh, I. Uh, Obviously, host here on the show. I help write for the blog, and I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV and really digging into the map builder on uh, the new Doom, which I'm having a lot of fun with. So, I'm just sad I wasted all my my like good one-liners about the show being late on like you know tweets and comments on Skype as opposed to like you know getting them in on the show. It's true. I'm sure you'll have another opportunity when I ultimately screw it up in six months when Windows decides to completely rebuild their system on me, and I don't check before I hit the restart button. So don't, don't worry, we got you covered. Um, but anyways, so uh, like I said, we got some good topics here. Um, so I know that a game recently came out. Is it a beta or alpha? I forget, Zell, but uh, Paladins. Do you want to tell us a bit about that and what it's like? Yeah, um, so it's on uh, Steam Early Access, and um, it is, uh, it's from the company that made, uh, what did they make? Um, Smite. Um, Oh, okay. And uh, so Paladins is um, basically Overwatch. Um, it, it's like, if you, if you check out the Steam reviews, like half of them are like, it's an Overwatch clone. Um, and in many ways it is. I, I do feel sorry for the company a bit because um, they it's, it's a very polished game. I, I think it's very clear that they were developing it, as they said before, you know, Overwatch was playable. Um, and obviously for a smaller studio to try to compete with Blizzard is, is, uh, insane. Um, and they said that, you know, as when Overwatch came out, they tried, you know, different things to try and make their game, uh, further, further away from what Overwatch is, um, but that it didn't really feel as, as fun as what they had. And so they just decided, you know, we're just going to go with it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's free to play. So for people who, who can't pony up for for uh overwatch it's it's probably a decent offering um it's on uh steam early access right now um there is there is kind of you know obviously it's it's got uh things you can pay to unlock and stuff because it's it's free to play um the the play time is definitely shorter i would say for match time um and uh the game mode is they only it, it only seemed to have one game mode to me it was kind of like Overwatch's standard, um, you know, capture the point and then escort that from, you know, escort the cart from that point to the end of the map. Um, though in Overwatch, 
there's always a defined attacking side and defending side for an escort mission. Whereas in this case, they put the capture point in the middle, and once it's captured, you escort to the enemy's starting point, effectively. Um, so either, you know, any match can end up being an escort in either direction. Um, and you have to you have to score four full points, and I think you get um, one for the capture of the point and one for the successful escort. Um, and so you end up playing uh, at most, like, th three games, um, three rounds in, in as a match, um, but usually it's two. Um, so, yeah, I tried um, two heroes. One of them is uh, Kinesa which is effectively Widowmaker. It's your sniper with, like, the actual kit of abilities was identical to Widowmaker's almost. And um, the other one was, I need to look this up. Um, I'm looking it up very slowly. Um, the page is loading slowly. But not as slowly as my Windows update. Not as slowly as your Windows update installed. Nothing is as Thank slow God. as installing the anniversary update. It, it was basically an hour. Um, <laughs> it was bad. Alternatively, you could just get a Mac and not have to deal with Windows updates ever. Yeah, but I like then you games. get Mac updates, which is worse. That's not. Don't I am never plus forced you, to update my Mac. It's great. Plus, you get a Mac, which is also worse. <laughs> that is worse. It costs more too. Damn, um, but uh, okay, so the other hero I tried was Cassie, which is basically Overwatch's Hanzo. Um, you know, you're you're bow casting um, with a. Uh, an ability that lets you see where other enemies are and stuff like that. Um, so it, I looked at a bunch of the other other character classes that were there. Most of them look like they they fit into pretty common Overwatch or actually some some of the kind of styles of characters you see in Here's the Storm. Um, but uh, as I said, the game was really polished. It was it was fun. It was pretty easy to to learn and get into. Um, and uh, you know I'm I'm. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm gonna ha have to, you know, keep an eye on if they come up with any additional game modes or or something like that to kind of give it more to work with. Um, but uh, it is what it is. It's pretty funny here. I'm, I'm looking at uh, a character in Paladins called Barrick, and he's basically a dwarf that builds, or this at least not you know, a dwarf, but just this kind of hairy-looking guy that builds turrets, and he basically looks very similar to Torbjorn from of course. Overwatch. But at least Paladins is honest in that if you win five matches as Barrack while playing on Steam, you get to receive a Team Fortress 2 outfit for him because at least they recognize it's basically the same game. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice that. Um, I don't play Team Fortress 2 ever but it, it, it's kind of tempting to go play that just to unlock the skin while it's available um yeah, looks pretty fun but uh yeah so the game is free to play right now and it looks like there's a uh founders pack for looks like 1340 right now is is that going to be the future price of the game or is it always going to be free and that's just kind of a you know booster pack you can purchase my guess is that it definitely that that it is meant to be free um free to play overall um, I, di I didn't see direct confirmation of that, but I mean, the Founders Pack doesn't get you some of the heroes, it gets you all of the heroes, and um, there is there is two currencies in this game, there's an earned currency and a, you know, bought currency, um, and and that's really, that's a, that's a hallmark of, of free-to-play. Okay, that seems fair, yeah, it looks like it says, you know, in-app in uh, purchases, so I, it seems it would be a 
pretty standard free-to-play uh, model in that regard. So that's that's pretty cool. And the game does look extremely polished. It's it, the aesthetic is <laughs> disturbingly similar to uh, to Overwatch. Like it's, it's very similar and looks about as good. So I'll, I'll give them props for putting together a pretty solid-looking game, despite not necessarily having the resources that Blizzard has at its disposal. So speaking of Blizzard, um, just kind of a minor thing. It's so anyone who's been familiar with Blizzard since like forever ago. Um, to play online, you always go to Battle.net, and it seems that Blizzard is going to be dropping the Battle.net name and going instead for uh, just Blizzard Tech is what they're calling it. And I think that they're kind of saying that there was some issues where people weren't necessarily uh, associating the Battle.net with Blizzard, and they kind of wanted to you know provide a more substantial and uh, noticeable you know branding on that. So uh, not a major thing, but it does seem that they're going to be doing that in the near future here and kind of moving away from that old... Uh, website title and going to the kind of a new branded um online service so that's that's kind of interesting to think about um yeah i i thought that was um kind of interesting because a couple of years ago when really when they released i think it was when they released starcraft 2 um they really went like full throttle on the battle.net branding um that was really when they decided like for like they actually I'm not. I'm not sure if it's still the case, and they probably have changed it now. If this is the plan, um, but you would go to WorldOfWarcraft.com, and they changed it so it would end up redirecting you to US.Battle.Net/slash/Wow. Um, you know, they they moved everything under Battle.Net um, for for a long time, and it's just an it's it's a it's kind of just an intriguing name, and now they're just gonna I you know call it whatever blizzard tech or something like that i think they said and um i i don't know i've never seen much of a problem with it i i i don't know maybe maybe it's just that i i know blizzard games well enough but i don't know if maybe people thought it was like a game spy type company or something like that instead it's probably what uh some some marketing group decided on was necessary to to help push the brand i mean if anything you'd think they'd be interested in like um expanding expanding battle.net as a concept and saying you know well because now activision own you know and blizzard are combined you know it's kind of amazing that you don't see activision trying to get their games published through battle.net directly and stuff like that and try and you know pull an pull an origin and try and uh you know get back the cut that they currently have to give to valve yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. It's also kind of a risky move. I think that if you start to kind of move against Valve, it may or may not work out so well for you in the end. But everybody has Battle.net already. It's, you know, Origin was very much, we're just going to make a clone of, of um, you know, Steam, and our games are going to be on it. And a lot of people were, were pretty upset about that. But I think if it's already, you know, you have this established known property that has already been the distribution method of some of the largest games out there, um, to then say, you know, hey, we're gonna we're gonna switch over here, um, and you know, you don't even have to unlist your games um, from Steam. You know, you can do uh, where where you play, for example, is you know, you can buy the games through Steam, and then you connect the Steam code. Steam gives you the CD key to give to you uh, play. You can do the same sort of thing. I'm I'm honestly I'm a little surprised they don't have some some sort of thing like that in Steam for for Blizzard games even. Yeah, you kind of wonder what sort of deals they've actually, you know, made with with Steam and, and Valve in regards to, you know, listing their games. There, there could be some kind of exclusivity contract that you're going to only list them on our system um, rather than being this exclusive distributor for, you know, uh, Blizzard Tech or Valve.net. 
because you pretty much buy are all Blizzard games downloaded through Steam now? Is that is that the, the base platform, or can you get them elsewhere? They're no, they're all through Battle.net. Oh, okay. Battle.net has its own launcher, and you install that launcher. And if you if you go to you know download Overwatch or download WoW, it downloads the Blizzard launcher. Is is basically okay. what it does. And oh, that's right. That's right. The the Blizzard launcher does lets you install all the games. It shows pages for even the game the blizzard games you don't presently have um and you can pretty much initiate the purchasing experience for additional blizzard games straight from it um and one of the one of the big perks that they gain from having this custom launcher of theirs is that like with a game like wow that's like a 30 or 40 gigabyte game um they actually uh, um install the starting area content and the the basic game engine itself and all that first um, so you can actually get to a point where you can log into the game and start playing it, um, before like three quarters of the game is downloaded. Yeah, that's actually really enjoyable. I mean, I, I've seen that in other, uh, not just supposed to games, but a few other games where it's, you know, you, you can download part of the game and then start playing immediately before, you know, the rest of it finishes, like you said. And it, it actually is nice, especially if you're eager. I mean, <laughs> nothing's worse than, you know, buying a game thinking this is going to be great and then please wait six hours for this download to complete. It, it kind of kills the, the vibe, you know, when you, when you buy a new one. So uh, certainly some advantage in, in, in having control over that. Plus, you know, it, it's nice that when you log in to play, you know, Diablo 3 or whatever, they can flash, hey, play Heroes of the Storm, you know, <laughs> right in your face as you're, you know, loading up the games. They can kind of self-promote and you're more or less forced to look at their ads, you know, to play their games and, and kind of help push their other products. Because they certainly do encourage you to to play their products, since they have a lot of like um, uh, cross content and stuff that you can do um, between each of the games. So, speaking of Heroes of the Storm, I hear that there's a a new event going on. Do you want to talk to us a bit about that? Um, yeah. So, um, I mentioned it uh, before during the um, uh, I think it was Gamescon. It's one of the one of the gaming conventions a, um, a month or two ago where they announced uh, this Machines of War um, event. Um, and the, the previous year they did a, uh, Diablo themed event because initially here's the storm. All of the map, all of the maps were based on, um, world of Warcraft themes more or less. And during this, uh, Diablo event last year, they introduced two Diablo themed maps into the game. Um, and so then this year they're doing a, a Starcraft themed event and they've they've introduced their first of the two Starcraft maps they're introducing during the event which is um called Braxis Holdout. Um and so I've been playing this a lot this week cuz there's the, the one of the things they do with the event is they have um this kind of special starting area thing in the in the 45 seconds you have before the match starts um in the starting area they spawn little um little artifacts and you try and collect them before these SCVs grab them and run off with them um they did something uh, similar for for the diablo event where you had to kill this little um uh impish thing that was running around your starting area um and in reward for participating in the event you get like a day stim pack which increases your xp and gold gain um for the day so hopefully you get this you know your first match of the day and then can can benefit from it um but so i've been playing a lot of that um the new the new map Braxis Holdout is actually a ton of fun um, because the objective, you know, it's it's very common for your your objectives in that game to spawn, you know, a boss that goes after your your enemy team. Uh, but the big one is you're actually controlling 
this gigantic swarm of Zerg. And so you, you actually, um, you, you actually, by winning this, you get like a couple little Zerglings head towards your, your outpost and this huge gigantic Zerg swarm, like just rushes over their entire, you know, base. It's, it's, it's just fun to watch. Um, just because they just throw like a hundred Zerg at them. Um, and, and that's it. I've been having fun with it. That's what I actually I, I enjoy, but just couldn't find the time for. I mean, it, it was a fairly well put together uh, MOBA style game, and I, I think that it's it's good that it's still going fairly strong. And I think they've had some good success, especially with some of that cross promotion with like Overwatch and stuff, that they can kind of get items back and forth between the two games, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, there there has been a lot of changes I've been getting used to. It's caused me quite a few losses. There's um. There's a lot more crowd controls and mind control type features in the in some of the hero sets now than there were a year ago. So um, you know, there's a fear and a mind control and stuff like that. And and there's one that you know you can drag an enemy hero with you. Um, so there's a couple of times that my little dance of precision gets uh, completely wrecked by some new ability that I I vaguely knew was there, but really don't instinctually plan for when I'm playing this game. Well, that can always be a pain with those. They'll be balancing. And are they still adding new characters at a fairly regular rate? Yeah, um, they they added a, a StarCraft character to go with the event, um, Alarak, and um, they've been adding them every every month or two, I believe. Um, the next one is actually going to be uh, Zarya, who is the second Overwatch heroes to uh, make it into the game. That's pretty cool. Okay, so. Uh... Another game that I have not been tracking, um, but I, I feel that we, we do need to make mention of, um, simply because uh, Jay is not here to make mention of it, but it seems that Eternal Crusade, the Warhammer 40k game, has now officially uh, been released. Um, like I said, it's something I haven't personally been tracking, so I can't comment on it too much, but if it is something you were uh, interested in or, or just considering looking at, it is out and available. Um, let's take a look at how much it costs. Okay, so it looks like it is uh, available on Steam for $40, and it looks like a console will be coming eventually, but right now it's available on PC. So, um, again, it's something we have talked about in the past, um, Warhammer 40k with Eternal Crusade, but if you're interested, go check it out on Steam for $40 right now. Uh, What else do we have here? So, Zell, I heard that you tried out Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which is a game that I have played a bit of and I do personally own, but I don't think I've talked too extensively about it. So do you want to explain kind of uh, your thoughts on, on either playing or watching it, and we'll kind of go back and forth on that? Yeah, so um, yeah. So first, just to preface, um, I bought the game, and I really haven't, haven't, haven't really played it, but I've, I've kind of been through some of it, um, because what uh, I have a, a friend of mine, and we we kind of tag team games a lot of times where where one of us is is you know running the the keyboard and mouse directly and the other one of us is you know pointing stuff out and commenting and and occasionally ridiculing often ridiculing if i'm the one who's actually running the show um so like for instance he didn't play the turing test um he helped me solve some of the puzzles when i was stumped or probably just got to them before i got around to them but um you know, but I was the only one actually playing the game, um, and uh, so far he's been he's been kind of playing Catalyst. Um, but the the biggest thing that uh, I noticed was that it is really good at dynamically selecting like what paths to suggest and what items to highlight red in a 
fairly open environment, which was kind of cool to me because I always figured with the original Mirror's Edge, and I'm sure it was actually the case with that, that game, is they literally just said, these are going to be the objects that glow red as you approach them. You know, because it was an extremely linear game. It was a, it was a, you know, a straight, here's the path to go. There wasn't a lot of alternates. I don't know about that. I mean, there was, keep in mind that the red path, the runner vision is not always the best path. It's usually the one that's the easiest to follow. But like watching some of the guys, like at least in the original Mirror's Edge with the time trials, they would take these paths I didn't even know existed that go zipping over something. Like, I didn't even know how to get there. And it certainly was not following, um, that runner's vision. Um, I, I will say, I think that in Catalyst, it's a bit easier to follow because like you said, it actually shows a path rather than just, here's an object that you'll probably touch along the way. <laughs> so um, that, I think it makes it a little more accessible to people who aren't as familiar with the series. And uh, there, there was a timed event that uh, uh, we were going through. And that was, that was particularly the interesting thing was that we came like, it, it was always like one or two seconds to go where we, we would be like right there, we could see the the, the point, and it, you have to, like the way they had timed this, this particular event, you had to, if you were taking the red path, you had to do it like exact, you couldn't screw it up. Oh, yeah. um, whereas, uh, you know, then we're like, wait, what's that? And then the first time we tried, you know, this alternate path is like, hey, go this way. Um, you know, we didn't make it, but it seemed like we'd shaved off a big segment. And so then when we intentionally headed just for that, you know, that was, that was where you got time to spare. Um, so this game definitely encourages with those time trials, not taking the, uh, the default course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's in and that actually plays well to them. Like, like you said, the original game was fairly linear. I mean, there were, there were a few alternate paths, but they were still kind of along the general track of where you were going. Whereas in this game, they've—it's obviously it's an open-world game, um, and I've, I've ranted about that in the past. But I think in this case, it actually works pretty well um, because you—you you literally you kind of pan out over the city, and you can go to a, a vast majority of it. Like you can really crawl, literally crawl over that city, um, and I think that does kind of open up in terms of exploration. It goes okay from point A to point B. There is a lot of different paths you can take, and it may be on different buildings, it may be up and over, down and under. Um, there are a lot more options on on moving around and actually going from point A to point B throughout the city rather than just canned linear missions like you had before, which I enjoyed. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I, I really, really like the original Mirror's Edge, but I think that um, in this case, the open world mechanic actually does lend itself to um, a bit more diverse gameplay. I think it actually does add something to the game uh, for this style of gameplay. No, I didn't ask, Zelda. Did you play the original Mirror's Edge? Um, yes, I did. Um... I, I'm trying to remember how much of it I actually completed because I'm not positive. Um, but yes, I did play it. Um, I'm 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 bad at these games, you know. But that's that's neither here nor there. I'm bad at a lot of games. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and they there's a lot here that in terms of um, kind of actually expanding it out. I guess is is this they actually have? I I think some of the the. The game probably maybe suffers a bit from some of the uh, just like meaningless gathers, but I, I do think that there's a lot more story in the kind of more quest nature that they went with this game. Yeah, I mean they give you yeah, you can pretty much just hammer out the the story missions and play it like you would the original game. But if you know searching and and fetch quests and gathering are are your thing. Um, it, it definitely offers that availability. So, I mean, the game is as deep as you want it to be in that regard. 
Um, I personally didn't really want to go digging around for fragments too long. Um, I just wanted to get to the story because the story was um, a, a little bit more developed, I think, than the original, albeit kind of predictable at times. But you know, uh, regardless, it, it was it was a, a, at least a bit of an improvement in that regard. Um, what did you feel about the combat um, in regards from the first game compared to the second one? Well, you see, um, particularly my friend enjoys um, turning Mirror's Edge into Call of Duty. So um, he was particularly bummed out you can no longer steal people's guns and shoot them with them. <laughs> yeah. but, I'm, I'm uh, glad they changed that, honestly. But continue. <laughs> I... I I was just amused. Um, no, my fa- my favorite way to ridicule my friend with Catalyst was um, that he he started this um, quest that's very early. We we didn't have very long with it, which is why I really didn't get a chance to to directly play. Um, but uh, it, it was this thing where you it starts with you like zip lining down um, into an area where these 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 enemies and it says you know well you need to you need to not take a lot of heavy hits so you need to do this like light attack and then just run through them as fast as you can pretty much and the first time he landed with it he he did like a more sophisticated attack where he like went straight from the zip line through knocking him to the ground and it's like nope you didn't hit the button we wanted we're revert we're, we're you're you failed yeah. and we're setting you back and then the other and then what was what got even funnier was you know he's supposed you're supposed to avoid combat is what the dialogue says just you know this light attack and move on he actually skipped the 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 um the bad guy entirely and the game's like failed sets you back mm-hmm. they they were not kidding they wanted an, a specific attack on each um each npc or it was going to fail you and send you right back to the top of the mission. Um, and the other thing that was funny was he there was a there was like a collect collectible item right to the left of the starting area, and my friend would pick it up and then jump on the zip line and start this. And it would when it failed, it would take that item back too. And so every time when it says you know okay hurry up, he'd go over to the side, pick up that item, and then go down the zip line. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even know why you're bothering. You're gonna get sent back up here anyways. Yeah, I, I know exactly what mission you're talking about because Libby was actually watching via share play when I was doing it. I, I failed it for the exact same reasons you, your friend did multiple times. It was like, oh well, you didn't punch him the right way. We wanted a left hook instead of a right hook. I'm like, good god, I just <laughs> I took the guy out, didn't I? Like, it was trying to force um, a tutorial a little too roughly, I think. Um, by saying, "Oh well, we're trying to teach you how to do this quick hit and run." I get that, but it was it was it took me like five or six times to actually do it the way the game wanted me to, even though I felt like I was doing what it was asking, just not maybe in the exact specific way. Um, and, yeah. and that was really frustrating because it was like I just want to play the game. <laughs> like, come on, I, I don't care if I did it the exact correct way in this case. I I, I got to the end of the mission. Like, I should should you know tell me I won, you know. Yeah, you know, and one of the other weird behaviors it had was, um, you know, the start of that mission would say, uh, you know, on the PC, it was uh, the middle click button on the mouse. It's like hit the middle click, you know, to do this attack. And so he'd be running down the zip line. He'd be practically over the guy and it would the game would kind of slow down to allow you to do that move. But you'd hit the middle click. It wouldn't do anything, even though that's what it told you to press. It wouldn't do anything because you had to release the zip line to be able to click it. And it didn't tell you that. Um, well, and yeah. the ability that you use coming off of a zip line or a jump down or whatever was not the one it wanted you to use, even though it would make more sense to use it. 
Yeah, that's that's one complaint I had about the controls is that in some ways they they really dumbed them down. Like a lot of the stuff that you would have to manually put in a complicated series of inputs in the original game to pull off seemed to just kind of do it on its own. Like um, a good example would be like when you run, you jump, and you grab like a, a, a horizontal bar, and then you swing, and you go to the next one, and you swing off to the platform. It just kind of auto does that now. Where before you actually had to time the swing and release, and then grab, and then release and grab. Um, and it makes it a little more approachable, but I, I also kind of miss the. the but complexity. for this kind of game, for this kind of it, game, you expect depends. that to be what you would focus on is getting the timing right. This is a, it's a timing game. Yeah, and they, they they removed a lot of that, so I'm not really sure that that's that might be a little more of the hardcore player in me kind of coming out there. And I, I wish they kind of would have kept the complexity of it. Um, but at the same time, there's situations like you said where it's like, okay, do this, but you have to do another really weird off the wall command to do something else to do the thing it told you and it's like i feel like you're adding complexity where it shouldn't be and taking it away where it should and that that was kind of my complaint that it felt either overly streamlined or too clunky depending on the situation yeah i i could definitely see that and another weird thing um and it was actually i think shortly after the mission we were just talking about where the game says okay well you're gonna you know hit the guards and you're gonna run because you're a runner and you're avoiding combat so you're just trying to take them out real quick and keep going Okay, so it puts you the mission, and then it basically sends you into this building to steal a data file. And then it locks you in a room and starts spitting enemies at you. It goes, okay, well, you can leave once you knock them all out. I'm like, what? This, okay, now was it a brawler? Like, that whole sequence was really weird, because you you lost the momentum you need to kind of do the cool, you know, quick hit-and-run attacks that you have in the rest of the game. And it's going to stick you inside a closed room, and you're basically just kind of doing this, like running in circles, kiting them, and you know, take one out. It, it was, it felt really stupid to me. That that particular sequence is very, very awkward. Yeah, I I saw a couple of that, those sort of things, and it was, um, it, it definitely felt a little, little off. Yeah. So I mean, overall, in my opinion, I think the game is an improvement over the original in some ways, and then a downgrade in others. So it, it's kind of in my, I'm feeling kind of neutral about it. Um, uh, Sort of, sort of opinion. What, what do you think? That's why I waited till I could buy it for twenty one dollars. Um, yeah, I, I regret paying <laughs> it the full price. To be honest, I, I it, it didn't hook me as much as the original did um, when I first got it because I think that was actually the first game I ever bought on PS three with Mirror's Edge. So I mean that that was pretty a pretty big deal. I I felt it was worth it. This one, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, maybe forty bucks would have been better. So would you recommend it to somebody who's only played the first one? I think if you can get it for a discount um, and you really enjoyed the first one, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Um, but bear in mind that that does have some issues as, as we kind of described there. So it, it may not be as, you know, a, a, the perfect upgrade like you, you may hope it, it might be, but it does improve on a lot of things. So uh, gotcha. worth a shot. Just I wouldn't go for full price. No, I played the first one, and you were talking about that that line that guides you to your objective. Is that like a line in the sky or like on the ground? It it's kind of this floating bubbly red line that kind of shows okay. you like you're gonna take this direction and then it'll highlight um the pipes and the ledges kind of like you you were used to in the original game. So it, it helps out a little bit more and you can turn that off if you want to uh, kind of maintain a more pure experience. But uh, but yeah, you like, you should definitely consider looking for an alternate route if you're doing anything timed because they really they don't give you enough time to take the 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 route they provide at least in the one yeah. that, at least in the one i was i watched about 30 attempts at 
it's very tight. Like in, in almost all the ones that I did, I, I would get it within one second. Like there's there's no margin of error if you follow the base route. And if in certainly if you want to get like the gold the gold tier reward for like completing it the fastest, you cannot take that basic route. You have to find another way around, which is is kind of neat if, if time trials are your sort of thing. Oh, one thing I did forget to mention is that they have added something where other players can kind of set up their own sort of time trials that you can then challenge. So they'll they'll basically map out a path that they take from point A to point B, and then they they have a time that they've they've done it in, and then you can try to do that challenge and see if you can do it faster or find a better way or, or that sort of thing. So it, it does kind of have that player generated content thing going forward, which is pretty good for the longe- longevity of the game. If, again, if you like time trial sort of stuff. Anything else on that, Zell, before we move on? No, I think that probably pretty much covers it. Okay. So moving along to uh, more console-related things, um, it looks like, I know we mentioned a couple weeks ago that PlayStation is raising the price of PS Plus. Um, I think it was either in September or it might be in October, but they're raising it from $50 a year to $60 a year. However, it looks like that if you go to Amazon.com, you can buy it for 50 still for the full year subscription. So I'm not sure if that price is going to stay that way or uh or what but if you're you know, looking to get ps plus or want to renew um it might be cheaper to, to check out amazon so you can get it there so just something for the the playstation 4 players out there um but speaking of ps plus there are new games out this month for free um let's take a look here so one really big one that i'm definitely picking up um because it is available on the ps4 version i had the ps3 version but journey um is available for free on PlayStation 3 and 4 this month if you're a PS Plus uh, user. So uh, Journey is a very beautiful game. I know Livy has played a bit more of it. Um, did you want to talk about that a bit, kind of your experience with Journey and kind of say what kind of game it is? I think she's AFK. She is AFK. Anyways, <laughs> Journey is, is done by the same developers, I believe, that did Flower. Um, so it's kind of a very artistic and simplistic game where you're basically playing this little character um, who starts off in the desert, and his the goal is to get to the end of your journey, which is this mountain um, off in the distance, this bright light on it. Um, it's the, the art is absolutely beautiful, the music is beautiful. If you want something that's very relaxing, um, definitely worth giving it a shot. Uh, what else do we have, though, for the free? We've got uh, Lords of the Fallen for PS4, Journey for PS4 and PS3, uh, Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands on PS3, Datura um, for PS3, and then Badland for Vita, PS4, PS3, and Amnesia Memories for the Vita. So, you know, again, if you're a PlayStation Plus user, um, and chances are if you have a PS4, you probably are, because it's, in my opinion, kind of necessary, um, or at least certainly worth it uh, to go check those out, because there are some pretty good ones in that list there. Yeah, those are for October? Uh, September, it looks like. Oh, for September, so, okay. Yeah. So grab them, grab them soon. It looks like I'm not sure when they roll over, honestly, but uh, yeah, pick them up if you can. Looks like Xbox has released their games, their free games for October. September is pretty all right. Um, September was, I know for a fact for those playing on Xbox One, you got um, oh shit, I know for a fact you got uh, Assassin's Creed Chronicles China, which is really fun. Um, I do love Assassin's Creed, and I'm currently going through uh, through that, and I'm immensely enjoying myself. I'm looking at what September Banner Saga two maybe. Here we go. Um, it is. God damn it! Load one second, guys. Yeah, so it was for the Xbox One. You got Assassin's Creed Chronicles and 
Earthlock, which I have not played yet, but we'll probably download and talk about next week. Um, both those on the one, and then for backwards compatibility, there's Forza Horizon and then uh, Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge. Pick up on the Xbox. I tried to like that game. It just made me sick. Yeah, um, that that is an issue that some people have with it. I, mm-hmm. I personally don't have a problem with it, but I imagine that the kind of people that get sick from VR would probably have an issue with Mirror's Edge. Oh, God. It's kind yeah. of similar. Yeah, never has a game made me like feel physically sick until I played that game. I'm just like, uh, yeah, no. Well, I think I told you that when they um, when they were alpha testing that game originally, people were a lot of people were getting sick, and that's why they had to add um, that little white dot in the center of the screen to provide a point of reference because people were throwing up while playing, and they needed something to kind of fixate their eyes oh. on so they wouldn't get you know sick from it. I feel like I barely noticed that little white dot. Uh, it's probably more of a subconscious it. thing that's it's helping your brain not get sick, but yeah, yeah. It, it's there for a reason. Yikes. Okay, so moving along, uh, so as we mentioned last week, um, Destiny Rise of Iron came out. I personally did not pick it up. Um, not really going to touch Destiny until Destiny 2, or at least until we see what Destiny 2 has to offer, but uh, the raid dropped earlier this week because they tend to delay that a little bit, and um, I guess someone has already beaten it with three people um, within the first 24 hours of launch, and it's a six-man balanced content, so <laughs> I'm surprised there. Um, I guess it's the same guys that like did the Vault of Glass solo run, and I think they did King's Fall with like two people. So, you know, it's obviously some pretty extreme level of play, but, you know, once again, there's these... You have to give Destiny credit for certainly attracting these ultra-hardcore players that come up with really creative ways that are not always meant to be creative. I mean, there's a lot of glitches and stuff, but they, they manage to figure out ways to, to clear this stuff um, fairly quickly. Um, I'm not sure the difficulty of the actual raid itself. Again, I haven't tried it, but uh, still pretty impressive to hear that they, they cleared it that quick. I don't think any of you picked up the Rise of Iron expansion, did you? Nope. Yeah. PC Master Race. PC Master Race. Well, you're not missing much with Destiny. <laughs> if you ask me, it's, the game is kind of crap. It's got it's got some really good points, but um, you know, it's just... It's not pulling me in, um, mostly because they've yet to fix a lot of the core issues that you know I've I've been having most of my qualms with. However, so one so of the, you have a one, you have a problem with a company that makes a makes a video game that has like core functional issues that they don't fix. Well, it sounds the, like the, I've been we've been here before. Well, the, the difference is is that they're already working on you know Dust Two for the PC, where hopefully they'll fix some of those core issues. Whereas some still watching destiny crank out expansions built on the same crappy subsystem that we've seen for what three years now but yeah no it's it it is vaguely familiar but uh yeah it's one of those things where you have to completely overhaul core systems to make it work um and they've yet to do that and you know if that's what's working for them if if they're you know selling the game and they're they're remaining profitable while they continue to put out the same stuff then you know that's that's good for them. It's just not for me, you know. So I'll I'll see if they they do what I think they need to do with with the Destiny two. But uh, you know, regardless. Um, moving along, however, one game that is apparently you know overhauling everything, and I know we talked about this last week with um, the division, and, and there there weren't really a lot of details out, and I kind of commented that what they were talking about seemed you know uh, 
good, but I wanted to kind of see exactly what they're talking about. And they've since released um, a dev post that kind of goes in depth detail with what's going on with the division, what they're they're trying to do. And I I did kind of want to go over this for a few minutes. I, I know that Bates um, played division as well, um, and and Livy, if she gets back here, we'll we'll pull her into the conversation. But uh, let's pull it up here. The the general feel that I'm getting, and I think a lot of players agree, is that the game is pretty solid from levels one to 30, like the main story feels pretty good. It's the end game that really falls apart. And um, as you probably know, uh, they pulled in a lot of players and kind of did the CPM style thing to get feedback. And it, it seems like that most of what they're posting here is in response to that. And it is pretty solid. They, they are aware that the end game content is not working right, or that at least doesn't feel very good. Um, a lot of, Issues stem from it's it's very grindy. Um, there's it's difficult to progress through. It doesn't feel very rewarding. Enemies are absolute ridiculous bullet sponges, like beyond absurd. Um, where you're literally emptying you know four magazines into a guy's chest and he's wearing a hoodie and he doesn't go down like that. That level of ridiculousness. It doesn't feel like a good shooter like the one through thirty did. And I'm going to kind of go through kind of some of the changes here um, bit by bit to kind of explain what they're planning on doing to fix some of these issues. And I, I to preface, I, I think that they are absolutely got their heads in the right place. Um, and I, I, I hope it works out. So we're going to kind of go down the line here. So um, gear changes with the stats. Um, one of the key issues that the game suffered from was that it was really easy to artificially inflate stats to a point where you get absolutely ridiculous amounts of DPS and, and health specifically. Um, and, and they even say in here that it, the, the best character builds, the ones that were the most effective in, in the main game and in PvP, were basically you drop your electronics down as far as you possibly can, and you boost your firearms and your, your toughness up to get your, your DPS and your health up. And then you'd equip mods for your gear that would give you plus skill power, which would allow you to, even though you have low, low electronics, artificially boost your skill power. Basically making a character that was good at everything. Obviously, this is a problem. So what they're basically trying to do is they are removing um, a lot of the bonuses from the gear because it was allowing people to do these ridiculous you know, builds where you could tweak things and roll things in a certain way, which allow you to get really ultra high level stats. And they're going to make effectively the core stats, so your firearms, your toughness, and your electronics, the, the most key part of those, um, the DPS, the, the health, and the, uh, the skill damage. Those are going to be much more prominent on the weight scale. So while you can buff them with you know other means, what that effectively forces you to do is that you have to make harder choices where you can't have really high firearms and really high um, toughness because it it's you have to pick one or the other. You, you can't just omni build everything and then make up for your 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 lowered stats with with the the, the gear bonuses. Um, so the gear scores are being matched. They are going to match the world tiers we talked about before. They're kind of doing a Diablo 3 style with the torment levels where you go into the open world and you can set the world's tier, which is kind of your difficulty level effectively. And the gear in that tier will re reflect, you know, the difficulty. I think so, you know, once you're in a good place, you can kind of bump up your gear to your, your world tier up a bit and the better gear will draw. So they're, they're going to make sure they're going to balance that. So it actually makes sense for the, the world tiers rather than kind of trying to, high ultra high level stuff behind a really nasty rng that you have to grind through to to get it just so you can do the content this is a more gradual climb where you can do the world tiers and then the difficulties within the tier to build up your gear and your stats to go to the next tier and kind of 
slowly step your way up rather than these big, huge jumps in difficulty. Um, High-end gear and talents, um, they are effectively going to lower um, what they do. Um, they were they were causing issues where you could, again, stack stuff together, and it was causing a lot of problems. They're, they're going to kind of remove or at least tone some of those down. They're kind of looking for feedback on that still. I'm not really sure where to take it exactly, and, and I think that's fine because that is kind of a sensitive subject. You want the high-end stuff to make sense and be valuable, but not be abusable. So we're, we're going to have to kind of keep an eye on that one. Um, they are removing the scavenging stat entirely. Um, it, anyone who played it can tell you that the scavenging stat was kind of pointless. It was supposed to raise your drop rates, um, but it, it didn't really ever feel right, and they didn't want to have people like switching here at the last second to kill a boss just to get a spike in a drop rate. It didn't feel like a true trade-off. You were more encouraged to keep a separate set, which it just it didn't really make sense with the kind of game they wanted to play. So um, they're, they're going to kind of remove that. So a recap on the gear changes. Um, all gear in World Tier 2 and higher will have all three base stats. They're going to have the firearm, stamina, and electronics, but one's going to be much higher than the other. So again, as you go through the tiers, your stats will slowly climb up because you're getting a proper balance with a specialization on all of your gear. So you can still build a character the way you want, but it's going to force you to get the better gear to push your stats higher um, rather than just getting the high drops and tweaking the stats to get it what you want. So um, real quick, real quick. Yeah. This, is, this is all... You're kind of breaking up for me, Mac. Can you say that again? Yeah, what I mean, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's good. That mostly end game content, correct? It is it going to end end game content? It's is that gonna, what you're saying? It's going to affect it. Yes, that's that's the primary goal. Okay. Like they aren't really touching any of the the, the one through thirty stuff. It's all end game changes. Okay, okay. It makes sense, but I guess it's because I'm not <laughs> I'm not to the end. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, well, I, I it, Pokey, how do you even like translate? What just came out of out of Bates' microphone? like he talks to me while my kid's crawling over me. He has <laughs> like that, just, that sounded like um, y- you know the whole thing where you've got like R two just beeping and then and then y- you know C three PO is just like responding as if he's c- completely intelligible. It's that. <laughs> That's what just happened there. You, you know, Bates just I speak the, Bates. But, 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 and, and and then you just respond as if there's nothing wrong. It's really weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I, I I will clarify, Bates, that there are changes that will probably affect. I, I, I misspoke. It's not just the end game. Um, it will kind of affect how the stats are built and whatnot. But I think uh, a majority of these fixes are to address a lot of the end game problems. So. Um, we'll, we'll get to some of the, the other changes that will probably be more important to you um, as someone who's below 30 from the sounds of it. All right. Yeah, okay. Cool. Um, so other bonuses like crit chance and headshot damage, they'll be scaled down to fit the new game balance. Um, again, if, if you're familiar with the gear fitting system, crit chance and the headshot could get really absurd. Um, it would just it would make your DPS go through the roof, and it, it was not it, – it was – it was difficult because what was happening is that because DPS values were so high, they had to balance the enemies around the high DPS values. But if you didn't necessarily have the right fit and, and tweaks of, of, of getting the, the gear right, you end up with these massive bullet sponges that were just, you know, again, entering four magazines into a guy and die. It, it felt stupid. So they're trying to bring DPS down so they can bring um, enemy health down. Um, so the gear is losing the skill bonuses, um, but backpacks, holsters, and knee pads will gain new performance mod slots. So basically, um, they're not going to have the bonuses, but you can. It, it's going to put more emphasis on the mod slots, and they're also tweaking um, 
how those mod slots work. So again, you kind of have more options to customize more slots to put stuff in, even though the the end result of what those mods are is is going to be a little toned down. It gives you a little more flexibility um, with less room for abuse. Um, gear sets will have their gear score adjusted to the same level as the high-end gear. Um, you kind of ran into an issue where the, the, you almost had to run gear sets because their, their item level was higher, and since content was gated behind item level um, averages, you were forced to equip certain gear just to enter into the content, which is obviously not necessarily the best thing because it made certain kinds of gear mandatory, even though you may not actually want to use that piece of gear. Um, so stat overlaps between gear scores have been removed, high-end gear talents have been rebalanced, and the scavenging has been removed from the game. So those are the changes coming to the gear. Uh, so weapons, again, the issue is the DPS numbers were kind of going crazy um, with the weapons, I and mean, you could do some really crazy stuff, especially with like the SMGs. They kind of tried fixing it with some, some weapon bonus rebalances, but it's still like certain weapons just weren't working right because they were forcing DPS values really, really high, and then content had to be balanced around that, and then uh, PvP was being balanced around that, and the whole thing just it was falling apart because you had these really extreme outliers that were causing a lot of issues. So the way it worked before is that when you had a weapon mod and you would roll the weapon mod and you'd get the drop, um, it always had a guaranteed stat and then a secondary stat, which was kind of randomized but had a, less, a lesser um, grade of quality. Um, they're getting rid of that secondary stat, so you're just going to have that primary stat, and then you're going to have a series of secondary stats that are um, not as direct bonus as, as you might expect um but stuff like stability and stuff like that where it's it's more of a helping make the gun perform better rather than just giving a straight like dps buff because again you were able to stack certain mods together and just get extremely high dps values so they're going to kind of tone that down and make it so there's more things to roll um so you kind of have more ways you can tweak it but again removing that secondary bonus that was just kind of pushing things too high uh <laughs> one thing that they they the last time they did the rebalance, they said, okay, well, we're going to rebalance all these weapons, but we're not going to change the ones you currently have because we don't want to take things away from you. Well, that was a freaking mistake because people just hung on to the stuff they had that was still broken while everyone else got the new drops, which sucks. So they said, okay, when these changes go into effect, we are going to retro change everything you have um, to the new system to, to make sure it's fair for everyone. So effectively a lot of the stuff you have is going to be re-rolled with different stats. So a lot of the gear you currently have may not work the way you expect it to. Um, so that'll probably cause some grief in the community. But honestly, I think in terms of overall game balance, it has to be done. So you aren't encouraged to hang on to old gear just because it was still part of the old broken system. So um, you might be a little, a little surprised when you log in. If you aren't currently playing, you log in to see that all of your stuff may be totally different um, after the change goes in. Damage bonuses like headshot damage, crit damage, and armor damage values, um, instead of being multiplicative, they're going to be additive. So again, um, it's more gradual bonuses rather than these big sweeping massive percentages that can stack together and cause a lot of uh, DPS problems. So again, recap of weapon changes. Um, they're trying to return the division to the feel of a, like a shooter, like the 1 through 30 feel, um, and less of an RPG bullet sponge, empty a gazillion shots into the sky. It just didn't feel very good. Um, the new DPS formula, they're, they're, again, everyone knows the DPS number was totally screwed up. It didn't make any sense. It put way too much emphasis on accuracy, and you could get some crazy numbers. Most people just ignored it. So they're going to kind of tweak that a bit and give you a new DPS formula, which is going to help a lot. So I'm not grabbing my calculator every time a gun drops to see if it's actually better or not. I think adding stuff like the the headshot bonuses being additive instead of multiplicative are going to be a lot, a lot better. 
Um, yeah. It's the the one thing I do enjoy though is sitting behind cover and hitting an enemy in the head and just seeing, especially on the the like the main bosses, I guess. Uh, just seeing how much damage or how much uh, HP is actually taken away um, by those headshot uh, multipliers. Yeah, I like the uh, the sentry's call um, set bonus is pretty much being completely redone because of the, the crazy headshot damage they would offer would basically break everything because you could do so much damage to bosses um, with that particular set. Um, and it was because of the headshot problem. So the damage of certain uh, rolls and certain weapons have been changed, so they're going to kind of tweak again. Um, they feel LMG is going to need to be brought up a bit more um, to be closer to in line with like a assault rifle. Um, LMGs, I, I I personally like things. I like the big magazines, but again, they they really struggle with with damage output. They just can do enough in most settings to actually make it worthwhile. Um, again, they're kind of tweaking the SMG a bit, so they're they're going to have to play around with a lot of the, uh, the the weapons. Just kind of again tweak them again, similar to that last change we saw. And I think it was 1.3 when they kind of redid all the weapon uh, rolls a bit. Um, it looks like named weapons, like the ones that actually have like a proper name rather than just like a model number, um, they will not be changed. So those will be staying the same for now. Um, it might be changed in the future. Um, weapon mods will now come with one major bonus and an amount of smaller bonuses depending on the quality of the mod. So if it's a high level mod, you'll have a lot. You'll have a lot more of those secondary bonuses. Where if it's low, low level, you may just have like one or two. Um, damage bonuses are now additive instead of mul- multiplicative, um, reducing the current spikes in damage, which has made the game hard to balance. I totally agree with that. Um, the firearm stats will become much more significant source of damage output, leading to more decisions be, more decisions being made when building your character. So once again, they're going to force you to really focus on those three core stats, firearms, toughness, and electronics, um, to boost your, your numbers. So you can't necessarily be super tanky and have super high DPS. you got to pick one or the other now, which I think is, again, really good. Um, it, it encourages, you know, diversification within a squad. You can have you know, your DPS dealers, you can have your tank, you can have your healer, rather than just kind of four super soldiers that have built their characters to be, you know, total badasses. So that's, again, very, very good. Weapon talents have, weapon talents have been rebalanced. Some have been buffed. Others have seen their numbers reduced. Um, that probably makes sense. Again, uh, Sentry's Call was kind of a, a broken um, a broken set that was having a lot of issues. So I think that a lot of the set items... Um, will kind of be torn apart um, because they were they were working a little too well um, in certain situations. So armor, um, again, armor was your main source of damage mitigation, not health. Um, and so it was pretty much required for high-end content to max your armor out at 75-85%, depending on what build you were in. Um, they are making armor be less of a factor in overall uh, survivability. They want to have it be you're more focused on your toughness, which is your health rather than your damage mitigation, because you could actually have fairly low health, but ultra high damage mitigation, and you would in effect have a very, very high effective HP, um, which would allow you again to have ultra high DPS. So they, they want to force you to actually invest in your toughness, not so much in your armor. They don't want people to have to re-roll every piece of gear they have to include armor because that was what was required to get the level of armor you needed to really do the end game content. So they are fixing that. Um, really good to hear that. Oh, and armor values will have different values, different amounts of damage mitigation depending on what world tier you're in. So you may have a certain mitigation at one tier. If you go up to the next tier, the mitigation number may change. Um, that's probably to encourage you to actually get new gear to help survive in that next tier. It sounds like uh, for the gear sets, they are making the four-piece gear set bonus much stronger. They're also making the two-set gear bonus um, not necessarily weaker, but they're going to make it be more of a secondary stat, something that 
might be useful to a certain particular playstyle rather than just a, like a straight damage buff or, or toughness buff because you you would see people basically running um, four pieces of one set and two of the other to get you know both those bonuses and they they didn't really want you to be as encouraged to run that second set of two because um, it was a big a big buff. Now, if it fit your particular playstyle, then sure. But they didn't want to make it where running you know six pieces of set gear was basically required. So to kind of recap that, the four-piece bonuses of gear sets have been rebalanced. Um, the two-piece bonuses are going to focus more on utility instead of stat bonuses. Um, they're removing the five-set bonuses. They just felt that that wasn't adding anything to the game, and it was just making things difficult. And that's the set where you had like the um, like the one gun that had a set bonus, and then the four uh, gear pieces that would go with it. They're getting rid of that. They feel it doesn't you know have a good place. It wasn't really adding anything. Um, and the reclaimer and the blind are having their four-piece bonus inactive for the initial um update or at least on the the test server um because again that's causing so many issues they have to kind of reconsider exactly how that's going to work so those are being disabled entirely because they're so broken uh skills that's a really big one um one of the biggest complaints of skills is that skills would have a capped um value on them so like the sticky bomb um at a certain point no matter how much higher your electronics or skill power got the sticky bomb would only do um a set amount of damage um which was kind of crappy because yeah it would work in pvp but the damage was so low compared to the hp values of high-end pve content that it was basically not worth using and it made a lot of the electronics um skills effectively useless i mean it pretty much came down to basically smart cover and pulse were the two big ones because those were straight damage buff and defense buff everything else wouldn't scale well enough for the pve content so that was just not working right so what they're going to do um because before it was the power of the skill was linear based off electronics and skill power they are making it be more of a fall off where it goes up fairly literally, literally, but after a point it starts to kind of taper off where you can still keep stacking on more if you want more, but it's diminishing returns. So, you know, again, you can, there's no hard cap on it like there was before. It's more of a soft cap of how much do you want to invest to push that value a little bit higher. They just kind of go on to talk about um, skill usage from levels one to 29 and then skill usage from level 30 and beyond. And you see some favorites in the 1 through 30, and that's that's pretty normal. But then once you get to the 30 plus, it pretty much tapers off into you know some very specific skills because they're basically required for endgame content. So they kind of wanted to, to bring that back and make it a little more even, make you feel like you actually uh, have good choices you can make um, throughout uh, your, your skill options once you get to the endgame content rather than being kind of forced to use certain ones because they were so strong and because they were basically necessary because of the balancing of the game. I'm trying to find the values here, but um, okay, so they are, so before they're, they're making smart cover, um, I think it is going to buff mitigation more, but they're removing the damage bonus that it gave um, and replacing it with like a stability and reload bonus or something like that, which makes a lot more sense to me. I think that if you're, you know, using smart cover and you're behind cover um, and you pop up and you're kind of stabilizing your gun on it, it makes more sense to have that be rather a Instead of a straight damage bonus, it's going to make your gun perform better. Um, and again, with those changes to the weapons, they're going to make guns harder to handle. So you want to either add more damage and have a harder to handle gun, or you can take less damage and have a very stable gun. So with this, it kind of encourages you to do, okay, well, I can put more damage on my gun, but then I can use smart cover to stabilize it and make it easier to use. It, it's not so much using it as a DPS skill. It's actually more of a true defense skill. 
um, and to help support your guns and, and your 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 um, squad with with more defensive uh, capabilities. Are they gonna are they gonna change how hard? Uh, let me figure out how to word this. No, no, never mind. Never mind. Okay. Um, yeah, and there's some additional changes to um, things like first aid. One of the issues was is that uh, first aid, it's master skill. Once you maxed out that part of the, the home base, the master skill for the first aid, you could basically pop it in. The master skill was it allows the first aid effect to stay around longer. So what you would do is you'd pop it, use it, get a portion of the heal, step out of the bubble, and step back into the bubble, and get a second heal, sometimes a third heal. Um, which was not what they wanted, so they've, they've, they've changed that. They're going to make it so it only works once, I think. Um, and, and they're adding some other things and tweaking different things. I'll, I'll let you guys look at that you know, in, in depth, but they're making a lot of changes to the skills and trying to make some of the ones that were less popular more useful and then scaling the damage such that it is you know, not necessary to use just smart cover and first aid and aid station and stuff like that. So to kind of go over that again, um, electronics will be the main source of skill power. They're reducing the effect of the plus skill power bonus you'd see on gear because, again, you could basically drop your electronics to nothing but still get fairly high skill power. Um, they're going to kind of try to reverse that. Um, so skill power will not scale literally anymore. It'll, it'll follow a curve of diminishing returns. Certain skills are currently much more popular than others. Some skills are overpowered. Others are underpowered or bugged. Uh, skills have been rebalanced to fit a new game balance and to bring them up to par in hopes of creating a more varied meta. It's really good. Uh, first aid no longer allows for multiple heals since those happen due to a bug. Uh, first aid's healing has been increased to make up for this fix. It will now heal instantly rather than having delay, which has killed me so many times. So, good to hear. Uh, smart Cover and Pulse have been reworked. Smart Cover is now more defensive, and Pulse's high damage boost has been lowered to make it balanced with the new enemy health. Because, again, they're trying to bring DPS values down, bring enemy health down, so Pulse will be um, a little less extreme, but still scaled properly for the content. Um, Ballistic Shield and Support Station have been given more health. The Support Station's healing has been increased. Um, again, Ballistic Shield was fun in like the 1 through 29 area, but uh, it just it fell apart, you know, um, in the high end stuff because it just did not have enough HP to stand up to the amount of DPS that was coming in. So they're going to try to kind of help balance that out. Um, and a lot of the bugs have been fixed with the skills. Um, as for signature skills, uh, Survivor Link was obviously the most popular. It gave um, 80% damage reduction. Like it was absolutely absurd. Like you were basically impossible to kill while Survivor Link was active. And that was actually how you would cheese a lot of the mechanics for like the incursions is you would just pop Survivor Link and have ultra high armor and basically be invincible for, you know, 15 seconds or whatever. Um, they're reducing the power of that. Uh, they are making Recovery Link have a bigger range, and it, I think it gives more healing overall, and I think it can do revives now, or revive everyone within this area of effect, which is pretty badass. It can actually save you from a wipe, which is really nice to see. Okay, if you're playing solo and you have Recovery Link on off cooldown, it will trigger automatically when you reach critical health to basically save you, so it will kick in to you know keep you alive in case um you know things go bad um and the tactical link is apparently it is let me see it's they're reducing the damage buff from 50 percent to 30 percent and the critical hit chance is being removed entirely instead it's going to give increased weapon fire rate reload speed and stability so basically you turn into rambo um you're just gonna basically just you know just tons of bullets flying downstream it's gonna be really kind of a lot more interesting to use and, and probably be um a bit more fun to, to play with. Uh, consumable changes, they're changing how special ammo works. Um, let me see here. 
So instead of adding damage, they're going to modify a portion of your bullet damage to that elemental type. So it's not going to be necessarily a straight damage buff anymore. It's just going to turn some of your damage into exotic damage. And if the player is not defending against exotic damage, um, they're going to take more damage effectively. Opposed to them taking more damage from the exotic damage on top of what they were already hit by. So that will kind of help bring that down because a lot of those consumable bullets were basically the meta in PvP because it was such an increase to damage. So that's basically it was going on with the vision. Um, you know, it, it's again, I, I feel like they've got their head in the right place and uh, let's bring all these values back down, make them a little more reasonable, let's stop this incessant, you know, scale everything with health and damage. Um, and then the player meta has to keep up with that, so then they have to scale it further and it just gets out of hand. So I, I think that their head's in a really good place. I'm actually, after reading all of what they're working on, very excited to see um exactly what's going on with it what are your guys' thoughts i know that uh zelda doesn't play but bait and libby what, what do you think you think this is gonna uh be a really good thing for the game you think they can pull it off and make it work right uh, for uh some of it yeah um obviously the stuff that i haven't gotten to i i won't know uh at least in uh on 1.3 um you know not not having experienced that yet i can't say for sure if a lot of the end game stuff um is is going to be a good thing um from all the feedback, though, I'm, I've gotten from, or I've heard from you and from others uh, uh, on Reddit and such, um, it sounds like it'll be a good thing um, as far as endgame content goes. Um, but the couple of 1 through 30 things I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, and I mean, again, this is all going to be tested on the player test server over on PC. So while you know you and I won't have access to it because we play on console, um, it, it will be tested by players before they just roll it out. And I think that's going to be a lot better because they can actually tweak those values where they need to be rather than just doing internal testing and then let it turn into a mess like it has been so far by just releasing into the main game. That, the idea of the, the test server was probably the best thing that um, yeah, in this whole update, uh, rolling out that, that test server so that uh, Ubisoft can, can look at these numbers or whoever makes the game, uh, can look at the numbers and see how they perform. That's a fantastic idea. I feel I, it baffles me why a lot more games don't do that, especially on PC. Yeah, I think it's a cost thing. Um, you got to run basically a second server, but again, I think it's going to deliver a, a much better product in the long run. And I'm, I'm very glad to see them doing it because I think they've got a good, fairly well thought out core system of how the game plays. There's some issues I think I take with the end game, but we, we'll talk about that later. But uh, I, I think that the balance is the main issue, and I think that getting players in there to try to break the balance so they can, you know, properly counter it before releasing it is going to do uh, wonders in making it actually work better overall. Any thoughts, Olivia, on this? I'm trying, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I know that these changes are going to be good. I think they're great. It's a great start. Um, I don't know. Besides the, the way it plays, it just felt like there, it still feels like there's something missing. It could just be me wanting more. Um, plot or more territory or more openness to the game. I'm, I'm not quite sure where I am in that, but I think the changes are going to be good. It might be worth going back and replaying some end game content to see how it feels with the new the new um, play style when it comes out. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to be able to go back into like um, Falcon Lost or um, the other the other incursion and, and play it 
more how I wish the game played, not cowering in a corner and rolling around like an idiot and actually, actually kind of moving kind of around. around. <laughs> um, and I think that if they can deliver a gameplay that allows for that while still being challenging, I'll be satisfied on that front. I will agree, however, that I think that the content needs to kind of catch up. Um, but they are being smart because they, they, they have pushed the new content back. But I think that if in order to make these changes, it's good that they're focusing on making the game feel and play better before they push more content. Um, but I think that if, if they can pull this off, I'd probably actually consider picking up the Underground expansion um, to see you know, how that plays, if, if it actually is uh, rewarding and enjoyable in terms of a piece of content. Um, and then obviously moving forward in 2017 with the, uh, the other expansions they're working on. All right, anything else on uh, Division before we move along? I know it's kind of a, a patch note data dump there. I, I encourage you to actually go read it yourself um, to make sure I said everything right. But uh, anything else before we move along here? Um, are they going to fix the problems with like the beanie saying green, but it's actually purple? <laughs> I know that they're adding a preview um, thing, so you can actually look at the piece of gear before you put it on and have to back out to look at yourself, so that'll be, so good. be good. Oh my god, um, thank um, god. <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully they fix the stupid color thing. I'm spoiled with Final Fantasy, where it's like you can literally go inside your dressing room before you put stuff on. Yeah, no, this is this will be that'll be good for for people who like to to play dress up with their little uh, post-apocalyptic soldier all right so one more thing that i've got um so for those of you who are anime buffs um ghost in the shell is is kind of a staple that almost everyone's seen because it was really kind of genre defining and and really a, a pretty big deal back in the day and there was a couple of movies and then there was the uh tv series standalone complex that came out and then a few more movies that uh that were all Pretty, pretty solid, um, very good pieces that have held up against the, the test of time in terms of story and animation quality and stuff like that. They were, they were very progressive. Um, so if you are a fan, you probably know that they are working on a live-action movie uh, for Ghost in the Shell um, with uh, Scarlett Johansson as uh, Ma- Major Motoko Kusanagi as the, the, the lead um, protagonist and they have released and i'll call them trailers or teasers teasers is probably more appropriate they're like three second clips um there's five of them i think um, we'll get a link in the, in the description so you can take a look at them but they, they kind of show off some of the aesthetic and some of the stuff that uh, they're working on um nothing really in terms of, of plot or anything like that but uh you know it's encouraging to see them actually putting out some stuff rather than just a couple screenshots that you see every once in a while so um, definitely worth checking out if you're a fan. If you're not a fan, but you like the cyberpunk genre, I do encourage you to keep an eye on this one because, again, Ghost in the Shell is a very, very good story. Um, it's, it's an excellent world. Um, tons of lore behind it. I encourage you to watch the original movies um, and the TV show Standalone Complex. Um, it's very good stuff, especially if you like cyberpunk. Um, lots of philosophy, politics. Um, it's very actiony. They have really good Good, good, good dialogue, good character, stuff like that. So I, I do highly suggest that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not much of a not much of an anime fan. I haven't seen much of it. Um, I, I have definitely seen uh, Ghost in the Shell, and I, I I would recommend it. Um, we'll we'll have yet to see if if the movie you know stands on its on its own. But uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, the the unfortunate thing is, is you know, the amount the amount of of depth that gets stripped out of mass market movies is is massive, and and that's kind of the, the some of the the deeper com- conversations there is is kind of the the main point of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I, I do have my concerns that it'll just turn into an action flick. When in reality, it's 
actually a pretty, like you said, a very deep conversation about um, individuality and, and what makes a person human or what is a soul. Um, it, it's it's very um, important that that makes it in. If it just turns into an action flick, um, it's it's going to be lost. And, and that's that is my concern is that if it does stay true to the source material, I don't know how well Western audiences will accept it because it is pretty heavy stuff. Um, but if it you know just turns into an action movie and goes mainstream, it's going to lose a lot of the the uh, the, the depth and the and the, the emotion and the, the feeling behind it, which I think is also going to be catastrophic. So I think they they're going to have to find a balance where people will accept it and, and say, yeah, that was a good movie, even though they may not necessarily be into all the philosophy, but they still really need to make sure they keep all that really good, heavy stuff in there as well. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, It's going to well, be, a, you know, yeah. be a movie that the elderly accidentally wander into and they don't know what they saw when they left it. I thought it was a horror movie. I didn't see Marty, ghosts. Marty, I saw you staring at her in those pants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, unfortunately. Well, yeah, so that's that's all I've got, guys. Um, we're kind of going long on time. Is there any other quick topics that you guys wanted to bring up before we uh, bring this one in for a close? No, I I say kill it. We're, we started an hour late, and, and we yeah, have a long I'm, show, so we're, we're really pushing this here. All right, um, so we're going to go into shout-outs then. Um, I'm going to make Zell go first, like I usually no, do. No, I am <laughs> not, not prepared for that. I, I, I even the one who said just, just end it, and, and I was not ready. Okay. Okay, you see, I was trying. I was trying to save you. I was trying to, to stall for you, but you screwed it up. All right, Livy, shoutouts. Uh, shout out to the end. The end. No, the end. No, really, that's that's all I got. Okay, Jesus. All right, Bait. Yeah, um, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, my local guitar center. Always get good service in there, so I try to try to give them a on the back. So to my mandolin and and uh, shout to or not really shout out, I guess, but uh. Uh, Arnold Palmer died this evening. Um, we're, we're, we're losing you pretty pretty bad. Here. I know. Um, Arnold Palmer died. It was terrible. But uh, but uh, yeah. So yes. I did catch I did catch who it was. Is, is there was actually the the uh, news broke? I think uh, an hour or two hour ago two. that uh, Arnold Palmer, um, the uh, famous golfer, died at the. Uh, age of uh, 87 yeah he's my favorite drink <laughs> I, I you know i i i knew about the the beverage because that's that's um my brother drinks it quite it quite, quite a lot, quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. i had no idea who who he was until i heard he died and then i'm like oh that's the guy with the drink oh yeah <laughs> and, and, then, and then i looked and i had to figure out what what he was actually actually like known for I thought everybody knew he was a golfer. No, um, bait. Normal, normal people don't follow golf. I think most people think that he is just a guy on a can of delicious beverage. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll have to save uh, our our favorite beverage choice for a different show. Um, um, yeah, but I'm gonna give my shout out to um, whoever the hell decided to update Windows on me. Um, I'm not sure who that could have been. It was like an hour freaking long update. So I, again, I do apologize for the 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 long delay and then the the lack of a, a live show. I actually just got an email from uh, Red Bleach saying no show tonight in my email. I'm like, no, we we're recording. I'm sorry. So um, when you do listen to this man i I do apologize for the the lack of a a live stream the windows totally destroyed my my audio setup and all my virtual cables i need to to run and i just didn't have time to get a set back up since we're already running late so 
I do apologize for that. But I do thank everyone for coming in and uh, listening to us on the recording at the very least. Um, again, we, we love feedback on the website. Make sure you check out biomass.net or biomass.com for all of our uh, complete show notes. Um, we don't get everything over on the iTunes one, but we have the complete show notes with links and all the good stuff you want to see um, that we talk about. So make sure you go to the website and check us out there. And again, give us comments. We'd like to have feedback. If you want to be on the show, if you have a topic you want to talk about on the show, let us know. We are more than happy to help. Um, obviously, kind of a bit of a grab bag of everything every week. But again, if there's anything specific you want us to touch on, we are more than happy to. So let us know. Um, well, with that being said, uh, again, thank yeah, you for yeah. what? So, what? What? So, so the uh, the thing that I forgot to mention, and and this can be my shout out, um, that that Pokey almost skipped. I'm here and come back because to I me. I was trying um, to save you. No, no, I got it. So, um, I, I let me know in 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 the comments, please. Is uh, do I sound better, the same, or worse? Um, today, do I sound like even more like ear retching than before, or better? Um, I'm, I'm trying out a new microphone after two and a half years of podcasting. I decided to actually get a headset meant for or a, a microphone meant, meant for podcasting instead of just using the headset mic. Um, and uh, this is a, a blue ball, a, a blue snowball ice, which is actually a black ball. It's a, it's a it's like a, a four inch diameter black ball on my desk. And um, it, it's it's kind of imposing, actually. Um, so. Let me know if I sound any better. Um, I'm I'm really curious. I can't stand the sound of my own voice, so I can't judge it myself. Yeah, I never listened to the show either. I can't stand hearing my my nasally sound again. It's it's bad enough in my head hearing it come out through a microphone is even worse. All right, so is uh, anything else? Though, or are we good to go? No, that's it. I just wanted to give a shout out to my my odd spherical microphone. Gotcha. It, you know, it, it sounds um, you sound the same to me, um, but I think maybe the the crispness of the sound is a bit better, so it might be a slight improvement from my end, at least. I also can't talk while like facing different directions and, and stuff. That's the that's the big downside that I'm supposed to actually talk at it. Gotcha. Those directional ones. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, but yeah, guys. Yeah. Again, um, I, I do apologize for the lack of stream, but uh, thanks for for tuning in. Um, so yeah, I uh, wish you all a good night and be safe out there. <laughs>